Lord, we thank you that we can come to behold your beauty, to see your glory. And this morning, Father, I pray that you may ignite in each one of us a passion for intimacy with you. I pray, Father, whoever has walked into this place this morning with whatever they maybe have experienced this week, that, Lord, they will be able to cast their cares upon you. And we thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you that your word is life to us. So we invite you, Holy Spirit, to speak into our hearts. Open the eyes of our hearts, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I think I was floating a little bit during the worship, but I really just experienced such peace this morning. And maybe that's what you needed, eh? I don't know why the ladies were jawing yesterday in the church, but you guys had fun. It's good. And um, again, just thank you to my beautiful wife and Veronica for putting that whole thing together. Um, I just heard everybody enjoyed themselves, so that's good. And may we have many more. Amen. I want to remind you on the 6th of November, um, we will be doing a family uh, picnic. And... Um, if you, if you haven't been to one of the Father's House picnics, then you're in for a surprise because uh, we're going to be having a jumping castle that can handle adults. As <laughs> Lynette, actually. <laughs> so, so, ladies, you were, you were dancing around yesterday. You're going to have to come and jump, okay? But um, Lynette actually messaged me and said, Tim, can I get an adult-friendly uh, jumping castle? I said, you can. If the adults agree, they're going to jump, okay? Last, I think last year we, we had a slip and slide. Remember that? And I think it was only Mr. B and I that went. And, and Lynette, there we go, and Lynette. Um, so this year, I'd like to invite you. Come and jump with us. Come spill some. The message I have this morning, I really felt the Lord place in my heart is titled, Faith That Works. And um, I believe that we are in a season of faith. And faith, if you're not sure how the whole thing of faith works, I'm, I'm trusting that this morning through Scripture, the Lord will help you to know how to apply faith in everyday life. So we started a journey a couple of weeks ago on renovating this venue. In fact, um, the renovations actually started a couple of years ago. <laughs> but we started this journey of, I don't know if you, if you guys remember putting something up there about an entrance, and then we, we tackled and broke down the walls at the back. I want to thank you for coming through to, to hit the walls down at the back. Some of you, uh, <laughs> I'm just looking at Carl, some of you actually like really took that hammer and seriously, <laughs> and knock the thing down, um, and I'm sure we are a couple of, you know, hurting bodies in the evening, but we started a journey of faith, and I, this, yesterday, in fact, I had to tell the team not to proceed yet, because you see, when you move, then God moves, and that's how faith works. Faith is not dormant. Faith is not stagnant. Faith doesn't sit back and hope and wish. Faith 
is action. So my wife and I, many years ago, had a house that we were renting out. And um, we, had, we had quite a few tenants in that house. And um, I'll never, I may not say never, but I'm not really excited to go back into rental again after that experience. Um, and what happened was the last tenant um, totally wrecked our place up, you know. It was really bad. And part of that um, was also the fact that they, they were hiding the things from us. And then when we went to inspect the house, um, the guy made an offer to buy the thing for next to nothing. And I thought, hey, sneaky, eh? You messed the house up in order to actually put the offer in. Yeah, you have people like that, you know. And um, eventually we managed to get them out. Um, it was quite a drama. We had the police show up there, raided our place. Can you believe it? There were some illegal activities happening. <laughs> and the Lord really, really helped us to learn a lot through that period. Um, and then the house was, do- was dormant. So when I, we were working for a church, and we were living close to the church that we worked for. And um, I said to my wife, if we sell it as it is, we, we basically... Um, losing it. We might as well give it away. And um, then we made a decision to start doing something. We didn't have any money. Um, we, we literally couldn't do anything, you know. And so I said to her, why don't we just go and clean the place up? Action. So we went in and we started cleaning the house and it took us weeks because, you know, the, the, the geyser was broken, so there was water running down. And the ceiling, you can just imagine, boards were, were molded and all those things. And the house was a wreck. And we started cleaning for a couple of weeks. And we, we prayed as we were cleaning, you know. We were praying, Lord, come through for us. And um, one day, while we were busy working, a car showed up. In fact, they found us. And I think they found us, asked us if... I can't remember. I think they got a call, and they asked us if we had the house. We said yes, and they came, and they walked through the house. And as they walked through the house, they said, so, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. We said, yeah, we're just literally cleaning up right now. And the couple turned to us and said, we'll sort all this out for you. Faith without works is, the Bible says, dead. You know, faith is, a, is quite a topic because you can have um, extreme faith that carries no wisdom. Whenever you read about faith, you'll see wisdom is very close by. Faith requires wisdom, and wisdom, according to Scripture, is the Lord Jesus Christ. Wisdom is a person. Wisdom comes to you. And so faith cannot work without wisdom. And so this message today is not about what maybe some would call hyper-faith. You know, name it and claim it, declare it, decree it. Shall I say that again? Name it and claim it, declare it, decree it. You see, if you're not understanding what faith looks like in the everyday life, then we can operate in our own strength and in our own knowledge without wisdom. Knowledge is the skills and, you know, experiences that you've gained over years. But wisdom is divine according to Scripture. God gives you wisdom. And wisdom is not, you want to join me, love? 
You can come. <laughs> you can come. I think, you know, when he, when he, I, I, I'm so sorry I'm interrupting your sermon. I love you. Um, but, you know, when he says that the, per, the, the couple walks to the house and says that they're going to sort it all out, I want you to understand that they didn't mean literally. They, um, they paid for paint. We still had to paint the house ourselves. They paid for the laminate flooring. We still put the laminate flooring in ourselves. We still, um, so I, I just want you to understand that it wasn't a case of, um, magic wand. We still had to work after that. Thank you, love. Come, you can preach with me, love. It's fine. <laughs> and so faith requires works. And um, turn with me to Romans 1, verse 17. I want to just lay a foundation quickly, and then we're going to get into our main scripture. But you are the just that is called to live by faith. Romans 1, verse 17 says, for in it uh, the righteousness of God is revealed through faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Uh, Galatians 3 verse 11, it says, and this is again Paul writing, it says, but no one is justified by the law in the sight of God, um, sight, in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And what Paul is really saying is that you were not saved by works. And Romans is a very good book to read about all that. You, you are saved by grace and by faith. In other words, you had to believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. You had to believe that he died for your sins. And through believing, you stepped into the fullness that God has for you. And Paul says, and so that you cannot boast in your works as though your works brought you to salvation. So you are a people of, of faith because you have stepped into the um, salvation that was brought through faith. Um, and therefore, you have to live by that same faith every day. And I said to the Lord, what does it look like, Father? What does it look like to live every day by faith? And, um, and hopefully we can answer that today through Scripture. So Jesus um, performed miracles by faith, turned water into wine, fed the 5,000 plus, you know, um, walked on water by faith. It was by faith that Abram heard God and left his homeland to go to the promised land. This is, this is by the way, in Hebrews, right? You'll read the, the, um, the wall of faith. Yeah, the wall of fame, the wall of faith, right? And then it's also by faith that he... Um, went to this promised land that had no GPS and directions. It was by faith the Israelites left Egypt, crossed over the Red Sea, and walked through the desert wilderness to a promised land that they never knew where exactly it was. All they had to do was follow the cloud. And um, I believe this church right now, we're following the cloud. We started this journey, and last week I got a call, well, we got a call, from some developers that have bought the property here next door. And um, there's been a whole lot of meetings and late nights this week, so bear with me, and I'm really appreciative of the leadership team here. Um, as we had a couple of long discussions, Andrew, and the developer actually is keen to purchase some land that is basically dormant um, on our property. 
Basically, if you take this road all the way down, you'll see there's a little strip of tar, and then there's bushes, and it's, it's, it, it really is a bit of a mess. Eh? Um, we're actually concerned about the bushes because we also realize that it's easy to jump over, and we found some people, obviously homeless people, that have been sleeping in the corner there. Um, hopefully we can meet them one day and, and help them. But the developer has now offered to buy that piece. It's about 277 square meters. We looked at it and obviously had long discussions, and we, and we realized that, that that piece of land is so dead to us, it does nothing for us, really. Um, maybe park a car too, if you really don't want to walk from the bottom up, okay? But um, we obviously in the process, and I want to share this with you, whether it happens or not is not even my concern. I'll show you why. Because faith doesn't worry about these things. Faith follows the cloud. And so members of Father's House, um, for those that are watching, we, we're going to have to be calling a meeting soon. We're going to need your input. We're going to need your support. But I am seeing this. We started a journey. We knocked down a wall. And I had people asking me, what's the plan? How are we going to pay this thing? I said, I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't know. I said, you know what? I just know that I serve a God that does things. When you move, he moves. I'm singing like a song now. <laughs> I'm going to song. <laughs> And, and, and so we knocked out all and we put up a vision of an entrance that we want to see that's a lot more easy to access. And, and then um, we get a call. Is it possible to talk, you know, meet, you know? Um, so we've got a few more meetings this week. I want to ask you to pray for God's wisdom. What we've realized is that the amount of finances we can get from that land can actually pay for all the renovations. In fact, we've gone back to the drawing board and we're like, Lord, are we dreaming too small? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know uh, faith scares you, man. <laughs> you, know, you start to get worried. Eh? It's like, Lord, are you sure? Are you really sure? It's like, um, how big is our God? So, the main scripture I want to read to you today, and I've got a few things, and then we're going, to, we're going to just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Because I believe, and I said this to the leadership from the beginning, this is not about a project. This is about a community of faith that we're walking in to something new for not just this church, but for you. You see, if anything is being challenged today in this world, it's your faith. It's been challenged too, uh, for a couple of years already since the media put all these things up. Do you trust the God you serve? And how do you walk in that faith, in that trust? So 1 Samuel 14, and I love the story. In fact, this story, Lord woke me up in the week. And then I had to call all the elders and say, guys, this is what I hear the Lord is saying about how we approach this developer and 1 Samuel 14, verse 1 to 14. One day Jonathan, this is the son of Saul, said to his young armor bearer, Come, let's go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side. Um, but he did not tell his father. Saul was staying in the outskirts of Gibeah under a 
pomegranate tree in Migron. And with him was, were about 600 men, among whom was Ahia, who was wearing an ephod. In other words, he was a priest. He was, a son, he was the son of Ichabod's brother, um, Ayatab, son of Phineas. I mean, listen to the son of Eli, the priest, obviously the Lord's priest in Shiloh. No one was aware that Jonathan had left. On the other side of the pass that Jonathan intended to cross to reach the Philistine outpost was a cliff. One was called Bozes, and the other, um, Senei. Is it right? Senei. One cliff stood to the north towards Mikmash, the other to the south towards Geba. A lot of information, but they're actually quite important. Jonathan said to the young armor bearer, come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. So verse 7, it says, Do all that you have in mind, his armor bearer said. Go ahead, I am with you, heart and soul. Jonathan said, come on, then we will cross over towards them and let them see us. So, you know, jump out, hello, here we are. <laughs> and if they say to us, wait there until we come to you, we, we will stay where we are and not go up to them. But if they say, come to us, come up to us, we will climb up because that will be our sign that the Lord has given them into our hands. So both of them showed themselves to the Philistine outpost. Look, said the Philistines, the Hebrews are crawling out to the holes they are hiding in. The men of the outpost shouted to Jonathan and his armor bearer, come up to us and we'll teach you a lesson. I mean, that's like real arrogance, right? Also, the Leon, let me speak English. We are too lazy to come to you. Come to us and we'll teach you a lesson. Who answers an, uh, a call like that? So Jonathan said to his armor bearer, climb up with me. The Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. Jonathan climbed up using his hands and feet with his armor bearer right behind him. And the Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer followed and killed behind him. In that first attack, Jonathan and his armor bearer killed some 20 men in an area of about half an acre. This sounds like a Hollywood movie. Gladiator, come, brave out. <laughs> and I tell you, I was, as I was thinking and, and pondering on this story, um, it's quite a phenomenal story because you see two types of approaches that I believe the Lord is highlighting in this passage. You see Saul, the king, sitting and actually hiding under the tree, with his 600 men. There were 20 men, Philistines. Saul had 600. It would have been an easy win. But he's hiding under the tree. Now I'm going to explain to you what that tree actually represents. Firstly, the place Migron means fear. So Saul, you see, was not filled with faith. He was filled with fear. And he, I don't know, maybe he was fearful because he heard stories about the Philistines. He heard stuff and he thought, wait, you know, these guys, they, they are warriors. They know what they're doing in battle. 
But what he didn't realize is that there were 20 of them on that hill, and he had 600 men. Fear cripples you. Fear paralyzes you. Fear causes you to, to find every reason to not do anything. Uh, I've been there. Ah, surely I can't do that. You know, are you, re- are you sure, Chauvet? You think we can do that? You know, fear is a crippler. The, the other thing is about the tree that he was sitting under, the pomegranate. And I, I, I went and just did a few res- some research on what pomegranate means in Scripture. Because the, this is what I love about the Word. There's so much in it. And God is speaking through His Scripture. You can never get tired. You can read the same verse every day and you'll get something. And listen to this. Pomegranate is the fruit used by the priests for their garments. And I thought, wow. Here Saul was sitting under the, 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 the tree of fear, or the place, in the place of fear, hiding under his religious thoughts or religious approach. I don't know if you've ever done that. No, I will pray about this for the next 10 years. You know, uh, <laughs> you know there are certain things you don't need to pray about. Honestly, you actually just need to do it. I sat one day with somebody, and they said they're struggling with something, and they say, no, I need to pray. Just stop it. Stop it. Take your, take your thing out, whatever it is it's, it's, that you are hanging on to, and just stop it. Sometimes we can hide under religious garments. And we hide and we say, no, 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 I'm not going to. Let me first go and pray and you know, fast for 40, 50 years. And before you know it, you've done nothing that the Lord has actually called you to do. And I, I, I want to help you because I'm not saying you don't pray. But I'm saying it's a hot issue. You have to check your heart and say, Lord, do I really trust in you? Am I walking out in that faith that God is able to do the impossible? Are you following the cloud? Are you hearing the voice of God? The one thing I, I have, I'm so certain of is that you cannot have faith without intimacy with Jesus. Are you able to hear his voice, able to sit and say, that's you, Lord? Um, others look at you and, uh, are you sure? <laughs> that's him. When you know his voice, no one can persuade you. No one can de- de- derail you. And, you know, we do all these things in love, particularly in a church. We have very different opinions, and that's why the Lord places us together. We have different skill sets. Some are bright, you know. Others are a bit slower. Yeah. We're a bit slower to the brightness, eh? Others... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, ESCOM load shedding is always, yeah. <laughs> Some of you are going to get it later. So. <laughs> Here's the thing, right? So God places us together, and we have all these different opinions, and we have all these different ideas, but ultimately, we follow the cloud. And as soon as, and I tell you, this is what I love about this eldership, we, we, we talk about things and we challenge each other, and we'll, but as soon as we hear the voice of God, and you know how you hear the voice of God? Did he say something? It resonates. And Veronica says, 
I had a scripture about that. And there's resonation, resonation now even a little bit further, right? And then others, and then all of a sudden, before you know it, we are in alignment and in oneness following the cloud. I believe that's why Jesus left us with, um, or left his disciples together, the physician with the fisherman, the tax collector. You know, these guys were, were, and you can read it in the book of Acts, they had all different ideas. But here's the key, they always went back and they seek the Lord and then the Holy Spirit came. And when the Holy Spirit came, they were in one, all of a sudden. Faith requires you to not walk, uh, sit under the, the tree of religious garments in fear. Now, the second thing is that Saul had 600 men. Now, I tell you, I'm like this, and the Lord has been breaking this off me. Um, you know, when you have a backup plan. Now, I know, Lord, I just know, okay, I know you're going to come through, but you know what? I also know that if I just do it this way, <laughs> if I do this, because I'm used to doing it this way, and when I did it before, it worked, you know? I just, man, if I just have 600 men with me, surely... We're going, to, we're going to win this thing. We're going to do this thing. The backup plan, the plan of man, the plan that um, where we begin to look at our, our, maybe our, our education, our skills, sets, and, and again, I'm not saying these things God can't use, but when you depend on them, you can miss him completely. The 600 men could do nothing because they were sitting in the place of fear, under the tree of religious commons. The third thing that Saul also did was he brought the man of God. Ah, is it okay? Because this is Father's house. This is a knock at thing. You know, you can't follow the man of God approach either. You can't go and say, you are the pastor. You tell me what the Lord is saying about my situation. Hey, you know what? I've seen, and I literally have seen people pay for a prophetic word from the pastor or the prophet. And I saw how the Lord broke that thing in one service because it's bondage. Saul thought if he had the man of God with him, if he just had the man of God, instead of Saul going to the Lord with full trust, I will rather approach the man of God. Saul did that a few times and he got into trouble. Because you see, the man of God syndrome, which is, I believe is happening in this world, particularly around in Africa, is a crippling approach to faith. Because who are you really trusting in? You're trusting in the man that has the word, as though he's the Moses of the day. And yet the Father's house, and I love what Sam said last week, we believe the Holy Spirit dwells within each and every believer. That you have the way to the Father like any other person, whether they, they have been walking with the Lord 20, 40 years, or whether you just came to Jesus last week, you have the way to the Father to hear the voice of God for your life like anybody else. And so the man of God approach will never raise up your faith and the trust in the Lord. It will only make you dependent on man. And I'm telling you with love, I don't, I don't actually, um, and you know, I've even gone 
wrestle with the Lord about this. I don't really enjoy when people come and say, you tell me what the Lord is saying for my life. Most times I actually would say, no, nah. <laughs> you go hear the Lord. You go hear him. Here's the danger as well with that, is that if the man of God tells you, marry that woman, and four years later, the marriage is, who do you blame? <laughs> it's for freedom that Christ has set you free. And again, it all comes back to intimacy. So now let's look at Jonathan's approach. And you might say, yeah, he's a young man, um, inexperienced, doesn't have the degrees and everything, right? And this is the king. But look what Jonathan does. The first thing he says, come, let's go. Jonathan's first approach to trusting in the Lord is movement. I don't know, what, maybe there are things the Lord is speaking to you this morning about that you've been holding back the whole time. Finding every reason not, not to move. And here's the thing. He takes you one step, and then he shows you the next step, and then he shows you the next step. That's the following of the cloud. Many of us want the full picture. Give me the blueprint, right? The master plan is to be presented so that I can walk towards that master plan. And the master plan is the Father. And he says, come to me. This, this beautiful song this morning, that's what I heard the Lord saying, just come. If you come to me, I will guide you. If you come to me, I will lead you. And he leads you one step at a time. I was sharing with um, a retirement club uh, last week, and I was talking about how the Lord carries you. You know, there's a scripture that says, even in your old age, I will carry you. Even when your hair is gray, Pete. He says, I will carry you. I will carry. What does that mean? You know, when my father was about to pass away from cancer, there was a moment where he couldn't walk and we needed to get into the hospice. My brother and I, we went to the, to the house, um, into the house, and we had to carry him. You know what that meant for my father? And I could see he battled with it. It meant that he had to surrender to his sons to carry him. When God carries you, you have to have the humility to say, Lord, I surrender. I'm not going to do this by myself. I'm not going to try and use all my knowledge and do this thing. I'm going to trust you because while you are walking up the hill, like Abram took Isaac to offer him by faith, the ram is coming on the other side. You're not going to get to that ram if you don't walk up that hill. And I tell you, walking up in faith is hard. And you, yeah, you, you're trusting the Lord and you're like, God, oh, come on. And you're walking and it's not easy. And I can imagine Abram is standing with his son. Um, you know, and he's taking his son up and he's thinking in his head, how am I going to do this? How am I going to offer my son up by faith? Not realizing that the ram was already on its way. So when you walk and you say, Lord, I don't understand, but I'm going to trust you and I'm going to keep going and I'm going to follow you, the cloud. I'm telling you, before you know it, the ram is there. And the ram 
if you don't know that story, was the replacement of Isaac. God always has a way out. God always has the solution. And we have to walk into it. And so I said, I shared this uh, with this group of, of um, retired, you know, people. I said to them, so God wants to carry you. And it's an intimate thing. When he carries you, you're right here. And you're close, he's clo- you're close to him. And, and you're vulnerable. And you are surrendered. And you just, you know, my wife was saying, you can't, you can't carry a dead body. It's not easy. You know, so you, you hold on. I go fast on Jesus. You know? I'm holding on, Lord. Because if you're just like, nah, you know, carry me. Now, it's, it's hard to carry somebody like a dead body, eh? But you've got, you got the part to play. You have to hold, trust him, hold on. Say, Lord, I'm, I'm with you through this, in this. And I said to them, here's the thing. God could have said, I will remove everything that's hard in your life. But he chooses intimacy over, you know, solution like removing it. He says, no, I will carry you through it so that you can see how much he loves you. And when you come out on the other side, you see the greatness of God and you see the bigness of God, but you've got to make the move. And so the next thing that Jonathan, I'm going to start landing. Jonathan also did was he chose his armor bearer well. I tell you, I looked at this young man, and the Bible says it's a young man, and, and he said, whatever you say, I am with you heart and soul. Who are the people walking with you on your faith journey? You know those voices? They come and say, you'll never, ever be able to do that. It will never work. I, I know it's, not, it's very easy to get those voices, right? And I can even be a voice like that, you know? I have to, my wife helps me, you know, come on, we can do this. It will never happen. I said, when I started Sounds of the Nations, I did a, um, I did a media, uh, can you believe it, a media launch, you know, and uh, <laughs> laugh, laugh, and um, I had all these interviews. Man, I couldn't believe it, like um, Joy Magazine. And anyway, we were going through all the interviews, they sit all on one night, and then the one guy sat and said to me, he interviewed me. He says, no, why are you doing this? Why do you want to do Sounds of the Nations? You know, and, and then he says, okay, off the record. He puts his, his pad down, and he says, you're wasting your time. <laughs> he says, it's, no, it's never going to work. I've been in the music industry. Knowledge, you hear that knowledge, experience? Right? I've been in the music industry all these years something like 20, 30 years, and I've seen people come and try to do what you're doing. They came and they went. I tell you, I, I was, I don't know, 12, 13 years ago. Just, I, was so, I was so broken to hear that from someone older than me, more experienced, and basically killing the very dream that I just launched in one one, not even five minutes. And I looked at the man, and my heart just sunk. And I said, Lord, is he right? You know that doubt comes? Is he right? And I tell you, the Lord immediately came back to me and said, what did I say? What did I say to you? 
What did I call you to? What did media call you to? You know, anyone else? What did I call you to? I tell you, I met that guy a few years later. And, and, and you know, you have to put the humility bikey on, huh? Because so, everything inside of me wanted to say, ah. <laughs> and I tell you, and it was an awkward meeting because the meeting was actually called by somebody else, and we both sitting there, and he looked at me, and he, and he came to me afterwards, and he said, you know what? You were right. I was wrong. Faith requires you, firstly, to step out, do the thing, and take people with you that will walk with you. It will lift you. Come on. God is bigger than this, man. I tell you, my father-in-law is one of them. You'd phone me through the years. You'd call me. How are you doing, son? Dad, it's hard, eh? Like, he says, come on, keep going. Keep going. You can do this. And I tell you, we had a vision of building a studio for 10 years. I had people walking and offering money. Build the thing, man, with strings attached. <laughs> and I was like, in fact, Sam reminded me, I, I, I was here at the church hiding at the back, and I would have coffee with Sam, and I would say to Sam, hey, this guy, and it was one million rand the guy offered, but with strings attached. And Sam said, are you for sale? Is what God has given you for sale? And I was like, but this is the easy way out, Sam. This is like, you know. My, my salary is sorted, man. Are we going to buy all the equipment? Everything is going to be. And Sam said, well, all you for sale is what God has given you for sale. I tell you, one year later, that same person lost all his assets through the walk. No, the walks. We would have been locking a door there, giving the key off. We would have lost everything. And... and uh, we should write the book. <laughs> so many of that. And I realize you cannot sell what God has given you for anything shortcut. You've got to walk your heel. You've got to take what God has given you. Say, so I'm walking with you, Jesus. And sometimes, you know, he's getting you and not walking next to you because you, you need that, right? And then you come out on the other side and you realize that ram is waiting for you. What is it in your heart? That the Lord is speaking to you today about your faith. Trusting in the Lord and not your own abilities and skills. Jonathan left the matter in God's hands. I love that word, if. It's, it's, it's a word that um, most strategists hate. <laughs> I'll tell you, if you're a strategist or analyst or, you know, you like to plan things out, you know, you don't like if. If the Lord is with us. It's like, man, don't say that, man. You know, I want to know for certain, I want absolute, and I want it instantly now. Is it or not? So no, no, if the Lord is with you, if the Lord is with us, then he will come through. If the Lord is with us, then he will show us the next step. If the Lord is, and I tell you, if is such a word of surrender, if means that you're fully dependent on him. I Cannot, we cannot live our lives in fear. I think the, that, that ship has left the port years ago, you love. I cannot live <laughs> my life by wanting everything to run with certainty. I have to. It's almost like I'm compelled to trust the Lord 
I don't know why. I remember years ago when I, when I was still studying, a friend of mine, we had coffee, and he said to me, you are called to live by faith. And I, you know, it's a good word. Um, I thought that's a, that's a nice word, but it's in the Bible. So I didn't understand what it meant every day, you know. But I realize now that he was prophesying something that we, a journey that we not only have walked, but we continue to walk. Hallelujah. Just when we were about to land. Can you trust him completely? Where you don't even know what the end looks like. Where you can say, Jesus, I want you to carry me. You walk with me through this. And I know, we've heard some testimonies, but testimonies of people, hey, Anton, where you had to. And there's no other choice. I'm trusting you, Lord. And then all of a sudden, bam, the ram is waiting for you. So, you join me in this prayer. This year, I don't know about you, but this year has been one of those really um, challenging years. Um, but I also want to remind you of the testimonies in this house, of the, of the breakthroughs that God has already brought to many of you sitting here. And maybe you're in that journey right now where you are still climbing the hill and you're saying, Lord, when am I going to get to the other side? I want to pray for you this morning because I believe the Lord wants to encourage you. The just shall live by faith. And you may not see everything, no one knows everything or understand everything, but trust him because he knows all things. So if that's you this morning, I, I just want to release a prayer, but maybe just lift your hands and say, Tim, that's me, so that, you know, in your heart you're acknowledging, Father, I need you, but also to make it easier that I can pray with you. And there's a few hands going up. And so I'm going to ask you, and you can just open your hands and as though you're receiving a gift this morning, but Father, I want to pray right now, Lord, the gift of faith to rise up within those that have raised up their hands this morning. Father, that, that gift of faith is trusting you. That gift of faith is intimacy with you. I want to pray that, Lord, they may find you in this secret place with you, that they may hear your voice, Lord. And I pray, Father, that every step they take, they may begin to see you move. Lord, that they will not shrink back in any way or give up in any way, Father, but lift them up this morning, I pray, Father, to walk in that faith, in that trusting you, whatever the circumstance is this morning. Also just want to release a prayer for those that maybe you have stepped back and you have kind of let it go and said, you know what, I'm just going to shelve that thing because maybe you've lost hope, eh? I want to pray that the God of hope will begin to fill you with such hope that you begin to see that dream or that vision again, that you will never let it go. Father, I release right now, Father, your hope in this place. Thank you, God, that we can trust you completely. In Jesus' name.
Amen. I can't, can you enjoy me? I can't. Uh, I actually feel I also want to just mention just um, in terms of faith walking as a family or as a couple. Um, there are many times when he has known that the Lord has spoken and that we need to move and I was not ready. And so I feel like I, I'm, I want to pray for those that have heard the Lord in their marriage. So sometimes I've heard the Lord and he was not ready. The patience that you have to have until your spouse is ready to move with you is, is immense because you cannot move in faith together unless you are one. And it's similar what you said about the disciples. It was when they retreated to be as one and then the Lord moved. Jonathan went with his armor bearer and they were one. And that's how you move. So I just want to pray, whether you are that one that is just not ready or whether you are the spouse that is waiting, I just want to pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would fill your children with patience for one another. Lord, that you would not, um, that you would increase their faith to be able to wait patiently for their spouse or for their family, Lord. I pray that you would just increase that strength and that knowledge of knowing that you have spoken and that you are sure, but also increasing them the honor to wait for their, for their, for their loved one. Lord, I also pray that you would just plant greater seeds of faith in the one that is waiting the one that is apprehensive, the one that is still dealing with their stuff. Lord, I pray that you would just heal hearts, help them to find their intimacy with you so that they'd be able to move faster and quicker together. I thank you, Lord, that you are in the union and that your, your, your reflection of your oneness with us as individuals is in the marriage as well, Lord. I pray that you would just, um, just move in all our marriages in this church in Jesus' name.